Patrick. We, uh, your home survived the hurricane. It did. It did. Okay, it how did. do we even say this hurricane name, by the way? Isaias. Isaias. Okay, Isaias. Uh, yeah. I, I heard it enough, so I think I have it down. Isaias. Isaias. I believe. All right, it hit landfall in North Carolina when? Yesterday Literally or two days ago? 11 14 p.m. On Monday night, um, literally like over Ocean Isle Beach and Shalote, North Carolina, okay. which is exactly where my house is. Um, and uh, yeah, just, I mean, actually the eye helped us a little bit because so, so Wrightsville Beach, Wilmington area, which is north of where we are by about 35 miles. Okay. They were getting the outer uh, north wall, as they call it, bands, which were just really bad. Uh, I mean, for a period of about three hours, it was loud as crap. I thought, like, you know, oh, I like, kept checking to see if something was coming through the house. It was like... Okay, rocking. so the like the, the windows are kind of like, not like shaking, but you know what I'm saying? You know when you get in like high winds and rain, yeah, like against so, the window, against the house? Yeah, I mean, the, so so a few things worked in our favor. Uh, a it was a cat one, but it was it was much, it was more potent than I thought it was going to be. I think everyone hears cat one, tropical storm. They think, okay, we'll be fine. Uh, the winds were 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 the gusts were pretty bad. You know, Oak Island, which is right by us, which unfortunately had some very serious damage and actually had some houses uh, lightning hit about six beautiful homes and they all, they've all burnt to the ground. Wow. Oh damn. Uh, yeah. Jim Cantori from weather channel actually went from Wrightsville beach to, uh, to Oak Island uh, the day after uh, because there was so much damage. Oh wow. Uh, but it was a fast moving storm. So it didn't linger. So, you know, whatever damage it did was limited to, uh, you know, a shorter period of time. Unlike Florence three, two years ago and Dorian last year, which just lingered slowly. Like Florence dumped 26 inches two years ago okay. on, our, on our house. Uh, this was like five inches. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. But yeah. the wind, the wind was, I think, greater with this than Florence. So. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. And anyway, so we survived a couple tree limbs down resting against the house, but no damage. Um, yeah, cleaned up and I'm back in D.C. Back in D.C. All right, so the house is intact. All is well. And you're um, somewhere else now. You're in another world, right? <laughs> I'm in Maine. Yeah, so, you know, I, I told you, like, once COVID started and I don't have to be anywhere, I am, like, I am literally why traveling. Are you, why, why, why are you two even renting a like, just don't even have a place. Just actually, that's a great question. Like, just be like gypsy nomad. I know. We stuff. actually should have just gotten a camper. I was just telling you that. Like, I feel like we should have just gotten an RV and just gone place to place. But I guess it's always like at first we were like, our RV place is going to be open. Of course, now they're open across the country, right? Like that, yeah. if people are traveling at all this summer, they're probably doing something like that. Our, the RV uh, industry is doing extremely well. Oh, I bet they're booming. I mean, what other yeah, vacation? You can do a vacation. You can be self-isolated for the most part. You're traveling together. It's perfect. Completely. You can not make for, all your own meals. Me. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't know the first thing to do. <laughs> have you and Kristen ever done like an RV trip with your kids? Like, have you guys ever rented one? Oh my God, no. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Oh, all right. I honestly don't even think I've been in an RV that was moving. I went to look at a couple once. But like physically moving RV, I don't think I've ever been in one. Really? 
Okay, know? I think that's going to be our next trip. Is is I, get- I mean, the, the RVs today, I probably could even do it. Like, you plug it in and you just dump the, the so- bathroom stuff. And yeah, there's nothing. It's all... It's all technology now. Like they got Wi-Fi and everything's electronic. Service. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it's like no luxury I can living. Read, which I can. I you know, just press a button and hopefully it works. <laughs> yeah, you got that part down. You're all set. Well, anyway, that'll be my next adventure. Here in Maine, we drove through some of the rain, but it actually wasn't that bad either. Really, I mean, you know, I think we had yeah. rain uh, DC, Baltimore, and then once we were like north of Jersey Turnpike, there was like no rain the rest of the trip. So it was all good. Um, I did want to ask you one more thing. You were tweeting about when it came to the hurricane, which was the Weather Channel was kind of using this controversial hashtag that was um, was COVID it cane. COVID cane or some stupid yeah, thing, right? Terrible. They were putting that out on national TV. Yeah, I, terrible. Okay, did, I'm assuming they got a lot of backlash. They did. They got a ton of backlash on Twitter. They kept using it. I thought it was. I honestly thought it was inappropriate. The explanation was, you know, I was reading a couple of things on on Twitter, and actually, an, there was an, several articles written about it. The, the explanation was that, um, you know, obviously with COVID and, and a hurricane, you're dealing with two, one a pandemic, the other one a natural disaster at the same, potential natural disaster at the same time. So they thought combining it, but it really just, to me was- I think that's BS. And by the way, it's total BS. Yes. And honestly, they weren't using it in that way. They were using it as a marketing tool COVID cane disaster looms or disaster kind of bracing. No, it was, it was actually COVID cane bracing for disaster. Like, just stop, stop. They're so over the top. You know, yeah. they call themselves, yeah. you know, they're just over the top. I mean, listen, they, they provide valuable information. I think many of their reporters do, do a good job on the ground. They're also over the top. I mean, I was going to say, no one's more dramatic than, than no, Jim. No, it's stop. They call themselves the most trusted news thing. You know what? Don't be standing in like, you know, a foot of water and like make you know trying to make it like wind is pushing you, and then there's people walking behind you in flip flops drinking a beer. Like they've done that push- over the years. They've been caught yeah, doing so that. Like, but I will say they, they look, their technology is tr- their their in studio technology is tremendous. It really is. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Right. How they can bring up like 3D graphics yeah, and they I mean, like just look like they're their yeah. their VR and their um yeah you know but and certainly the technology is very very good. So listen, you know, just they 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 don't need to over. Why oversell it? It's just so right. it's so dramatic when it doesn't need to be because people are obviously going to tune into the Weather Channel once you hear a hurricane is happening or a massive snowstorm or you know when there's any. It's like you already have the ratings, so why do you make? I will it say though, show? when the hurricane started hitting, I turned on the local stations in in Wilmington because they were full tornado watches, and I felt like I'd be getting more up to minute turn, tornado because there was a lot of tornadic activity with this storm, right? Which is really the scary part, and uh, so I do think a local news station did a, I think it was WWAY. Channel three in Wilmington. I want to give them credit. Their their chief meteorologist is very good, um, and uh, so he 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 did a very nice job keeping us up to up. 
okay. of, of where things were up to the minute. So, um, all right. Well, we we covered some hurricane stuff, but we obviously yeah. have uh, a little bit of politics to talk about in regards to there seems to be quite a delay for Vice President, uh, well, and now presidential candidate uh, Joe Biden in yeah. picking his VP. So we'll talk about that. Also, a lot in college football, especially um, with players really either rebelling, um, yeah. walking out, not wanting to play the SEC. It looks like they're in a little bit of trouble in how they're responding. Um, And then, actually, there's been two fairly fascinating stories uh, in regards to the media. One, an MSNBC producer who walked out and then writes a pretty scathing editorial, if you will, on why she left and the state of media. So I'm really Uh curious to get your thoughts on all these things. So where do you want to start? And then we can talk about the private school issue. Uh, Okay, yeah. In in Montgomery County. It's it's become a national issue, so I think it's certainly worth touching on so where do you start, want to start start where so start where you let's start presidential yeah look i was gonna th- i think that's a great place because it sounds like there's now some infighting within the democratic party about this vp pick and actually according to the washington post which i thought was fascinating because you seem to you kind of had a list a short list of three people that biden ha- would be considering it seems like actually they may not even have a short list and there's quite a bit of confusion as to who they're going to choose yeah, I mean, that's how it seems. You know, there's an article yesterday, you know, I believe it was in the L.A. Times uh, pushing Karen Bass, who's a Los Angeles area congresswoman. Um, she's, listen, she's very appealing. She's um, she's on the progressive caucus, but some call her moderate, not fully progressive. But the fact that she's on the progressive caucus, I think, could hurt her. Okay. Uh, black female, uh, very well-spoken. Uh, she's extremely appealing uh, to, to, to Biden. The question is, she's ha- she has some of those, uh, you know, I call them red flags. I mean, they're not negatives on her particularly, but red flags in terms of a national uh, VP candidate. She, she tends to have been in the past pro-Cuba, which certainly could hurt Biden in Florida. And by the way, in the post, they say that they've questioned, you know, she's been questioned publicly. Now she says she's not. You know, she says, I, I don't yeah, support. Of course Cuba. she says that now. Right. right? But, but, you know, but uh, I think in a few interviews, she's been very pro-Cuba. I think for the last 15 years, she's she's talked about open trade with Cuba. Um and then, you know, there's been a few other instances where she's come across as very progressive. Uh, so I don't know. like Because what I found interesting about the article is I like, obviously, I watch Bill Maher. I watch some of the political shows. It seems like Kamala Harris was the shoe in. Now, according to these so, new articles, they make it sound like not so much. All right. So here's the thing real quick. So my, my take on this is kind of evolved. You know, there's the there's the one. I'm sure there's the one camp that says they believe he's up in the polls. They believe he's up significantly in the polls. The do no harm camp, right? Okay. Bring in a national type person: Elizabeth Warren, Tammy Duckworth, Kamala Harris. Um, don't 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 rock the boat. Presidential ready VP. You're all set. But then there's a few polls that came out last week. And again, for what they're worth, the Emerson poll, which is uh, Emerson College poll out of, out of Massachusetts, the Zogby poll. Okay. And then obviously the Rasmussen poll, which tends to lean conservative. 
But the Emerson poll got an A minus grade from 538. All right. Okay. And they have it within three points. Okay. okay? And okay. they actually have the state by state nowhere near where like Gallup and you know some of the other polls have. They they have it much closer. I okay. Mean, like they have Biden up three in Ohio. They have Biden up, I think, two or three in Florida. And again, don't quote me on the sure, specific sure. numbers. Okay. But much tighter than some of these other polls we've wow. seen where it has 10, 12, 13 points. So I'm sure there's people inside saying, listen, we cannot underestimate the get out the vote for Trump. The the the, the you know, we, they don't know how he's gonna perform in the debates. So yeah, that's a big, the, yeah. There's the other camp that says we need, you know, we're going to pick the best VP that we think, regardless of whether, sometimes if you go the safe pick, and again, by no means am I saying Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, I mean, they're all very qualified candidates, sure. very, very qualified uh, to, to be VP. So so they're not this, when I say safe pick, I don't mean like they're less of less than the others. But listen, if he thinks Karen Bass is his best pick, then go with her. I just think there is a danger that there's something there you don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would think absolutely. You're right, because we've talked about it a couple times on this podcast. The worst thing he can do is a McCain, right, with a Sarah Palin that ends up. But then again, you say, okay, but I'm sure Kamala Harris has, when she was attorney general, some question that she was very strong, too strong on some prison sentencing in California, right? And she really didn't. She she absolutely got no momentum in the Democratic race. She fizzled out. I think she's a boring speaker. I don't think she could energize a crowd like you know a VP candidate should. Elizabeth, very progressive. The the, the financial markets are not going to like her at all. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get a and, lot of conservative. And then you know, listen, I don't know enough about Tammy Duckworth, but. Um, so, you know, none, listen, there's going to be no perfect candidate out there for VP. So, um, well, one of the interesting things about these articles except for Hogan, Hogan would be the perfect too late, though. Like we talked about, you know, too yeah. late, you know, he's he's said a woman and, um, you know, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's long overdue, but it's also I don't know, is is this year? Are they the best candidate? But it's too late for that because he's he's already said. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I and I, you know, we've talked about Cuomo. We've talked about Hogan. I mean, I just look at what Hogan has done. He just he's always on the right side of things, from my opinion. You know, and ways handled this private school. Yeah. So the the big so real quick, Montgomery County, Maryland, very affluent suburb of D.C. As you know, uh, most of you who listen are from the area. But if you're not, uh, public schools virtual until January. The county executive is very, very progressive um, and uh, has you know locked down the county for the most part. They came out. So a week ago, Wednesday, they had some meetings, the county executive and um, his, his, uh, his Dr. Gales, who, who is his uh, health expert, uh, communicated to the private schools in, a, in some meetings or, or, or some calls that uh, they were going to, in essence, allow private schools to open and they'd had a, they would have to provide a plan. And then two days later on a Friday, uh, you know, at the end of the day on a Friday, like the news dump for the weekend, they came out and said private schools cannot open to October 1st. The private school community went crazy. And, you know, you think private schools, oh, all the rich people. No, 
there was Jewish schools, religious schools, Catholic schools, Episcopal schools, and then obviously the elite privates all in Montgomery County were then now prohibited from opening until October 1st. Okay. People went nuts. It became Laura Ingram, jumped on from Fox News, many other national uh, reporters, all the major newspapers. It became a big story. Uh, the theory behind it is, the speculation behind it is that the there was a certain enrollment projections for the Montgomery County Public Schools. And obviously, you get federal funding per student enrollment. The enrollments were way down. Obviously, since they announced that they were going to be virtual, kids, sure. I think parents were saying, I need an alternative. So I'm going to go private. I'll go Episcopal school, Jewish school, whatever. Uh, and then they said, oh, you can't open to October 1st because that's the all the enrollments have to be in by that day. Okay. So I think they were trying to drive enrollment. There was no science based on why they couldn't open. Okay. Or And they certainly didn't provide any if there is any. So Governor Hogan stepped in. He condemned it like, like on a Monday, and then he came out the next day and said um, he he created an executive order overriding the county executive in Montgomery County. So now private schools can open. Okay. And who knows where it goes from here? There may be some lawsuits. There may be some some other things, but uh, it became a big national story. So as it stands now, they can open. Okay. Um. Th- there's just. And I've been critical of the county executive because I believe there's nothing he's doing that's based in true science. You know, they've talked early in this in the process. I'll give you an example. So youth sports, right? So high school sports can't open and can't happen in the fall. Fine. Because the schools aren't opening. Sure. And then youth sports, the playgrounds, like they can't. So what they're doing is all the like you're you're, you know, Dan, big yep. soccer guy. So what they're doing is all these Montgomery County club soccer teams. Yeah. They're going, they're going over the Howard County yeah. to play. Yeah. And then they come back to this county. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So you're just bringing, but you know, potentially. Yeah, right. What's like, the point? How about have some protocols? Have some, have some, like. Yeah, which is what they're doing. Like, you know, Dan obviously works for a club in Virginia. But yeah, I mean, they are opening and they are taking protocols. They're taking steps when a player tests positive for COVID. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. Listen, I if you believe Biden back to pop quickly back to the presidential race, if you believe the polls that say Biden's up 10, 12, have you, this is okay. Okay. I don't believe it's the economy yet because I do believe that. And, and polls show that Trump is still preferred on dealing with the economy than Biden. Okay. It used to be 10, 12 points. Now it's maybe one point. The stock market's still strong. Although the jobs report today was very, very disappointing, uh, the private sector job report. I, the fact that we haven't had a national plan yep. from the beginning, the fact that he didn't take it Trump serious, then allowed the states to do this. And now five months later, we're, we're still having 50,000 positives a day, over 1,000 people testing, yeah. or, I'm sorry, dying per day. Yes, now, things are coming down from the peak, but still, compared to other countries, we're way too high. So you have all these other controversies. You know, certain states are reclosing. Restaurants are reclosing. This ca- It's like we're stuck in phase two. Yeah. Some, some want to go back to phase one. Schools aren't opening. It would be a lot harder to argue that schools can't open 
or can open, depending on what side you're on, if your positivity rate was like 1%. Mm, yeah. Or if you were like the UK right now with low cases, right. right? Or South Korea or some of these other countries that seem to have Germany that clearly seem to have taken it much more serious from the beginning. And, you know, tr- Trump can't just say schools must open. There's no plan. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. People want a plan. Listen, Biden's not a great candidate. He's just not. No, he, but, but given... But he's benefiting from... Trump's, I mean, yeah. Trump, Trump did an interview two days ago with Jonathan Swan from Axios. Yes. I'm sure many of you have seen it. If you haven't, go watch it. It's the reason Trump's down 10. Yeah, yeah. He kept pointing to stats, didn't look prepared, yeah. wasn't able to redirect Jonathan's question regarding deaths and how we're not you know, doing well and... You should be able to pivot or at least have a sure that's your articulate job to, yes. what your plan's been, where you're heading, yep. and why you think you've handled this well. Like if you can't answer those three questions and you're pointing to some graphs, like you need to go listen. I, I'm not doing the interview justice. No, no, no. It's and then it, at one point, you know, they're arguing about stats and Trump says, well, it is what it is, you know, I mean, you know, and so it's and like, then, it's just And then they pivot chaotic. to the Epstein and Gillen Maxwell who is, has been arrested and ha- is alleged to, in essence, have been Epstein's child pimp. Yeah, madam. Right? Yes, absolutely. Madam. Collecting these underage Again, girls. Allegedly. Oh, sure. Allegedly. Um, and then you got Trump saying he wishes her well. She's, I, I, she's, been, she's been arrested and charged with child sex trafficking. Right, right. And you have the president of the United States, who, by the way, has been... I don't want to say implicated, but has certainly been friendly with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, friendly Jeff- with Epstein was a member at Mar a Lago. Yeah. Also, and the, the, the 2000 pages that came out on it, I mean, Bill Clinton is all over it. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the media, and again, we're in the media, but the fact that Bill Clinton isn't getting crushed. Well, more than he is. I think he well, is, though, Patrick. A couple days ago, he was trending on Twitter for over 24 yeah, hours. And I even just, Bill Clinton I, I pedophile was was yeah, trending. Okay. I mean, people maybe I are, haven't maybe I haven't noticed it. I just I think people I just, are very much against the Clintons. And I think nobody believes for two minutes that he that Bill Clinton is and again, even Hillary. Like, listen, I'm sorry, but I don't buy that Hillary didn't know where he was going or what he was doing or that, like enough with. You know, it, I think just, she does know. I think she has. I mean, she obviously knows he cheated on her for years and she's stuck with him. So, I mean, I think everybody is long. I, I, I just think everyone needs to be done with the Clintons at this point. Like enough with the Clintons. They're yeah. done. Yeah. Hillary should be Hillary should, you know, enough with her, enough with Bill. Uh, you know, we need to move past them. And right? even at John Lewis's funeral and in that, I felt like of all people, Bill Clinton sort of got the least amount of attention. I mean, because I think people are realizing that he did have a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, for sure. But, people, but what's weird to me is, listen, I'm not saying he did anything with, with young girls. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, we can't. Know, there's been speculation that he's actually was with Gillen Maxwell and not, you know, hasn't, you know, he's not mentioned to having done anything with, with you know, uh, younger age uh, with, uh, girls and so forth. Regardless of that, though, like, I just, I, anyway, I just feel there's certain individuals like a Bill Clinton, we've talked about this, like who get a, who get, I'm not saying he's getting a pass, but right. get a pass because they're charismatic, they're, they're, 
honestly, their, their politics align with a lot of the, those in the media and Hollywood. Um, so, but um, I mean, listen, you look at what what's going on with Ellen DeGeneres, and again, I'm not comparing Ellen DeGeneres oh, to let's to, discuss. To Epstein, but wow, um, wow. Well, I'm ready to take over for her, Patrick, because it looks like it's over. You know, I mean, it is a I new. Don't know. She says you don't she's think she's going to resign, right? or you don't think she's going to quit her show? I think she's going to write out her contract. I think her contract I read goes to 2022. I don't think she's going to leave before then. Really? Okay, well, obviously, you know, everybody knows, I think, but she is under investigation for racism, sexual harassment within her her, team. Hold on, her show is. Her show is, right, right, right. Right. Within the show, you know, and even her, you know, her kind of executive producers came out and said, we run the day-to-day, it's our, you know, our responsibility, our fault. But obviously, Ellen's name is on the show and oversees it. A lot of bullying allegations, even celebrities coming out and saying. by the way, there's been whispers about her for years. Years and years and years. You've mentioned it before on the show as well. Oh, yeah. And I told you, I, I have a friend um, who is in PR who worked for Ellen for many years and says that that she told me that 10 years ago that people yeah. were never allowed to look Ellen in the eye. Ellen has a huge ego and is also very ins- insecure at the yeah. same time. So Ellen had to there was many, many issues. Um, how do you think about and actually James Corden now is getting a little bit of attention of him being not such a great boss either. But how do you feel there's the rumor that Corden will take over when and if she leaves? Listen, I think Are you a fan? Lee, of Corden? Yeah. No, I'm not a fan of any of the late night people, to be honest <laughs> with you. I think they're all I think they're all average at best, to be honest with you. I think I do love Kimmel. I know you you Kimmel you say has low ratings. Um, but I, I think he's an old radio guy. I just love Jimmy Kimmel. But you know, obviously he had to take two months hiatus because he's getting a lot of backlash. Yeah, listen, I think that um I mean listen, I think Corden taking over Ellen it's now the James Corden show, right? So I don't, I don't think he's taking over for her. I think her show would end and his show would start. Yes, it would be completely different. You know, this isn't like you know, this isn't like you know, Family Feud just putting in a new host. The show would be the same. This show would be it'd be the James Corden show, right? Correct, daytime. correct. In daytime, yes, I mean, yes, listen, yes. He's he's okay. Uh, I don't think Ellen's show is going to go anywhere. I think they'll they'll they'll. I think she'll stay on for at least another year to 2022 and then maybe just end. I believe she's what, 62? If not older, but yes, you're right. Yeah. In her 60s for sure. Now I did read a story this she's morning. She's got more money than she ever needs. Oh, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know. I did read ratings are definitely dropping. So I'll be curious to see, but that that's it's story. hard to say. I and mean, listen, we've been in COVID, you're in the summer. Obviously there's repeats running now. It, you know, ratings are all over the place right now. So I think it's it's been it's difficult to look at ratings right now on any level. Local news, network news, other listen, sports. How, you know, okay, talk talk to us about the rating, that. The ratings have been unbelievable. I mean, listen, I mean obviously baseball got off got off to an amazing start on the first weekend. Then they, you know, have some major hiccups with the Marlins and the Cardinals and and you know, apparently the Marlins players went to um went to some party or bar or something and they've had 18, 19 people test positive, had to cancel numerous games. Then apparently, allegedly you had the Cardinal players go to a casino. Oh, great. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Yeah. If you're not in a bubble and you're not following the protocols. This is what's going to happen. So hopefully baseball gets straightened out and can finish the season because the ratings have been very good. 
Um, the NBA got off to a great start. So has the NHL. Uh, although I will say watching, and maybe this is just my preference, but okay. watching baseball without fans isn't terrible. Okay. Watching the NBA in those small arenas with no fans or the NHL looks like they're at practice. It's just, it's not good to me. It's not, for some reason, I don't know the, I don't know the difference. I can't really explain the difference. Okay. The NBA just, it's, it's tough without fans. I just think because the crowd in the NBA and the NHL is so close to the ice in the floor. Right. They're right up against the glass. They're right on the floor. Like in every shot of the NBA, of a normal telecast pre-COVID, you see the fans. Yeah. Same with yeah. the NHL. I mean, any goal as they're passing the puck toward the, you know, the end line, uh, you see fans. Where baseball, you don't until like a foul ball or some other right. Although behind home plate, you do. And I think that's why they put some of those cardboard cutouts and stuff like that. I don't know. I just feel it's, it's it seems different to me. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't watched a lot of sports. Obviously, people are very excited about it being back. Um, the I mean, listen, the golf's been fit. The golf this past weekend, the St. Jude uh, tournament, uh, the, the FedEx St. Jude tournament in, in Memphis was fantastic. I mean, exciting. Justin Thomas won, beat Bruce, uh, Brooks Kepka right at the end. Um, I mean, yeah, it was great. Okay. I mean, to have, to, I'll tell you what, when you go into the weekend to have like five, six sporting events to watch. Right. For me, is just like, just no, <laughs> makes it makes you feel like something's normal. Something's happening. Um, yeah. All right. Well, wait, I, I know we have kind of some limited time today, so I want to get to these other stories. How do you feel about college football? A lot of stories coming out. Players actually making demands, refusing to play. I think rightfully they so. They should. So and listen, I, mean, I work for Fox Television. Yes, I work for Fox Television. We have, you know, the Big Ten. We have Big Ten games, Pac-12 games. I want college football. Um, we certainly want it on our network. Having said that, I've said this numerous times pre-COVID, college players deserve to be paid. Yeah. They deserve to be compensated for their for what they do above their free education, assuming they're on scholarship. I think it's I think the the, the conferences and the NCAA have done a terrible job getting ready. <clears throat> I think that the players should have demands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, listen, the only reason they would play is because of the love of the game to get, you know, recruited for, for, for the next level, you know, in this case, the NFL. And I think they uh, should be either compensated or the problem is this is when, when you're not a professional and you're not being paid, you don't have representation. Uh, you're at the whim of the school and the conference. And listen, again, money, a lot of money's at stake. T, you know, TV revenue for us, colleges. Sure. I mean, look at the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten. I mean, they make all their money f with, with football and basketball. Right. And in many cases, the SEC, it's all football. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on the schools to open, a lot of pressure on, on the universities from a revenue standpoint. But the safety has to be, you know, paramount. Yeah. To me, it's different with a professional athlete who's paying, getting paid two, three, four million dollars to to go out there and risk. And even them, a lot of them are opting out. But listen, a lot of a lot of frontline workers have risked. Sure. 
during this, right? And I'm not saying by any means are athletes frontline workers. What I'm saying is that you're getting paid. You're getting paid very well. Some risk comes with that, right? Right, right. But, but these guys, athlete, yeah. Right, no. No, no having said that, I'm sure 75, 80% of them want to play. They love the game. Sure, They're sure. Yeah. Football at a high level. But you have to have it go right. Yeah, you absolutely. Have. And I'm sure you saw, you saw, you know, HBO Real Sports did a, did a whole thing on the SEC. And you even had colleges uh, wanting players to sign a waiver, basically saying, yeah. hey, you, you take responsibility. And it's like, are you kidding? These kids yeah. don't get paid. You know, they're there on scholarship. Many will never go on to play in the NFL. Then you want them to have the onus of COVID so you can make money? Yeah, I mean, it's been great to see people speak up against them. And I'll be curious. Of course, now they've, what, pushed back practices, I think, until August 17th. They're obviously yeah. making adjustments. It'll be interesting to see how much they do play this fall. I, I don't I don't see it. I, you know, listen, I hope, I'm hopeful. Right. I hope that they can figure it out. Um. It seems like the NFL starting to move in the right direction, which is good. You know, the NFL Players Association and the and and the league they came to they have an agreement on protocols and procedures. Camps are opening up. Uh, in my opinion, this country needs NFL football, right? I just think we do this. It'd fall. be amazing, yeah, if that can happen, one hundred percent. Listen, don't don't get me wrong. Like college football is huge, right? It's fun, sure, yeah. But but I also think too, college football without fans is 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 totally different, right? Right. It's just totally different. To me, college football is about the fans. It's about the experience. It's about the game day. It's about the tailgating. It's about people coming on campus. I think if you lose all that, yep. it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, Patrick, we'll probably have to continue this conversation next week. But real quick, I wanted to see well, we what... Have, we, we still have 15, 10 minutes. We're good. Oh, you do? Okay, okay. Um How do you feel about two fascinating, one, a Gallup poll saying that now half of Americans do not trust mainstream media and they broke it down to Republicans and Democrats. Um, You know, they don't really go into is that because for the past couple of years we've heard President Trump say fake news. But there's that story. And then there's an MSNBC producer who quit and wrote a really scathing editorial that at MSNBC they do not care. And she's sort of referring to general media, all networks, that they want to put on people that that just rile everybody up, that are fringe voices. Nobody cares about true journalism. She says her colleagues do, but that's not the name of the media game anymore. So obviously, yes, we're in the media. You're a general manager. Now, you are local, so it's different. That She's referring to national news yes. brands. But how do you feel about these stories? Okay, so, and I've said this before for a long time. The fake news moniker is terrible. There are great journalists out there yeah. who do want to put who who risk a lot, who um, who who want to get out the, the facts, who want to get out the true stories of what's going on on a lot of different national issues, local issues, uh, you know, major major wrongs, holding people accountable, whether it's in government or or, or private sector. So the, I, I hate fake news. I hate it. I hate Trump calling people fake news because I, I one I think it's just it's wrong, and two I don't think it's really what he's saying, or I, I shouldn't say what he's saying. What what's going on now? Having said that, I do think there's unfortunately significant bias 
in journalism, mm. especially since Trump's become president. And you, we've talked about it numerous times. I think a lot of these so-called contributors or pundits or guests on, whether it's an MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, that you know, they're, they're not journalists, or they 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 should give up that title. They're they're pundits. They're opinion. They're giving opinions, and they're skewing the facts. And I do think it's why local news over the last several years has once again been elevated. And again, I'm not just saying this because I'm in local news. There's been articles written about this, how the trust of local news, pews come out with stuff, has gone up. It was always the highest, and it's now even grown more. Wow. Because I do think most local journalists are are fact-based. Yeah, yeah. Good very good reporters and listen i, I look at our own station yep go yep. ahead no 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 just saying i'm saying you you can see in local news people report more of the facts in this story and there is no you know you don't have your reporters or for that matter another local news outlet going out reporting on a political story and then after giving their opinions you know i mean it, it, listen i do i think listen i think even in local some headlines get skewed especially like if you're writing a digital article and you can you, i don't want to say misrepresent but you but, but but that's a little bit of a clickbait thing too right so but but the articles themselves um or the stories you know tend to be very you know here's what happened here right. are the facts here's here are the facts that we know I, listen, I just think that if, if you're, a, if you're, you know, at one point considered yourself a journalist, you should just be honest with yourself and just say, you know what, the stakes are too high in my opinion to, 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 to be, this is what Trump said. This is what, and just go all in. Like, why are you hiding it? Right. 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 Just, That's just a good point. say what you are. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that, trust in the media has dropped but i i also think that's just the polarization of where we are as a society right right i think people are just on there's no middle ground there's no gray area anymore it's either you're in or you're out for this person or you believe this or you don't believe that and um you know i, know. I think it's uh it, it's it's unfortunate it's it unfortunate is that you can't you know, it's unfortunate that you can't be for some things Trump does and not like others without being called names. It's unfortunate. Well, you're that you labeled can't be a racist. If you, you know, if you support or one or, or two an things. Idiot or, yeah. you know, whatever. Or, you know, if you believe in certain social progressive policies, but you could be fiscally conservative. You know, what happened to that where you can kind of blur the lines of, you know, diff different policies? Um, I don't know. Listen, there just doesn't a very, yeah. very um, polarized society. I mean, you look at Congress; it's extremely, you know, polarized. Can't get a can't get a thing done. Uh, we we need a reckoning in in politics, and we need kind of a a middle ground in society. Or, or I think we're not going to get much done. I know, which is really, really scary. Because... I don't want to be depressing it, but we something needs to give, right? We need, you know, and I've said this to you, you know, we need a transformational person. Totally. To come, and neither one of these candidates is that. Yeah. I don't believe. I, maybe I'm wrong. 
Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, well, maybe I think Biden I'm, could be. Yeah, I think I, he's I more in the middle. I, you know, I don't know. I just, I just think that um, I, I don't know who that is out there. But the problem also is with social media crushing people, cancel culture. You can't say anything wrong without getting just bullied and maligned uh, in the press and on social media. Who wants to run? Who wants to run? Like, well, do you the, think the, 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 the yeah. transformational people, they're not going to run for politics. They maybe could do it from, from, from the, the, the background or in another sector. But why would you run for high office in this country right now? Uh, because I think that there are so many people like what you're saying that that want that transformative person and are in the middle. And I think I think we just have to realize that what people say on social media is not really it's not representative entirely of this country. You know, you and no, you, I think a, you. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think you have more people because of what you're saying are getting away from social media and holding these middle ground beliefs and are kind of quietly voting or quietly having those discussions. But, you know, somebody will stand out that is willing to sort of, you know, yeah, put themselves think, in the fire. Me, we got to We got to get away from the two party system, too, because, you know, to me, the, 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 yeah. the far left and the far right control way too many of the candidates who get who get right. A nominated and then certainly elected. Uh, unfortunately, it becomes a binary choice. At, and, and I, at um, you know, you know, I, I you're just not, listen. You're not going like, to get back. Go ahead. No, you're not going to like this comparison, but I do really like Mitt Romney because I think there you have somebody who is, you know, Republican in many regards, but is a humanitarian. Now, listen, I don't, I don't mind Mitt Romney. St- listen, I thought Mitt Romney should have beat Obama. I voted for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, the problem for Mitt Romney is he has flip flopped on way too many issues, and Mitt Romney didn't run as Mitt Romney. He ran away from who he was. He ran away from the successful, rich businessman that he was, and it hurt him. Right. Instead of embracing his history and his family and what he accomplished. Yeah, they tried tried to. to, He tried to become. He tried to become something that he wasn't. And I think it hurt him. Yeah. Where Trump. And again, I still don't know how Trump accomplished it, you know, coming from a a wealthy family and then, you know, being a New York real estate person somehow was still able to embrace who he was, talked about how rich he was, how much money he had. But yet, you know, the, the regular blue collar worker liked him. Well, because I think he spoke from, you know, he spoke so candidly. I think people had real hope in 2016 that this guy was going to come in and, quote unquote, drain the swamp and, yeah. you know, be a person that spoke up. Um, but, you know, obviously that's turned out Listen, to be I, I think um, I think, Sarah, you and I should run. Oh, my God. Okay, well, you know, I'll have to stop posting nude photos and uh, everything else I do. You could be on top of the ticket. I'll be uh, your VP. (laughs) Okay, great. Okay, yeah. All right, well, this will go well. Uh, Hey, look, somebody like us is going to. You know, like, I think you're right. If if you can stick with truly who you are, if you're okay with being in the fight, because you know you're going to be called racist, you know you're going to be canceled no matter what. It costs you $300 million. So you have to have the party behind. We're a little you, short. Right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> we're a little short. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the like issue. Three, like, th- like three hundred. <laughs> just like three hundred. We're just two ninety nine uh, short here. But um, yeah, 
Well, and I'm, I'm Sarah, so we curious. Could do, we could do like a bake sale or something, right? Oh, God. We're going to have to do it. Well, hopefully we could get into marijuana. Then we'd have a <laughs> shot. Like if we can sell weed, we've got a chance, you know? I'm going to be curious about Maine and Susan Collins and to see what happens there. Yeah. That would I, be a big, I, really interesting one. Listen, I think, you know, people call her a Trump lackey. I don't think she has been. I think maybe on, just because you agree with him on some things doesn't mean you're his lackey. I think, I think she's treated Maine well. Um, well, Mainers used to love her, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely heated up here about about her now. Yeah, well, listen, I, the Democrats have a very very good chance to take both the presidency and the Senate back, and Oof. then we'll see. We'll see. I will say though, on a fiscal basis, last thing, Biden's tax plan came out. Okay. Three trillion increase in taxes, <sighs> crushing the top bracket, uh, increasing Social Security where there's no cap on your social security payments for for the entire year so right now it gets capped once you make a certain amount of money that would just continue the six percent six point two percent on social security it's a lot of taxes a lot a lot of taxes so listen i think the debates are going to be interesting oh yeah that's going to make or break it i think in some ways i think it's going to be a crazy three months all right i gotta jump patrick we'll see you next week sarah thank you 